Well, the theme for the year is a sign for the times, and of course, we've got a new sign, and uh, that has kind of been a springboard, I guess, for the thought, but it goes far beyond that, that sign out on the road. Uh, Ezekiel, the passage that was taken, Ezekiel, God used him, the prophet Ezekiel, to be a sign to the people. He had him do some rather difficult things, and then he said, and the reason I'm wanting you to do these things is I want people to look to you and know that I'm God. And so they were used as a sign to communicate to the, or he was used as a sign to communicate to the people that lived about him. I want us to keep that thought in our mind this year. You can be a sign to the people around you and point them to God and point them to Jesus. You know, we have a sign, but that's not what we're really talking about. We have, we all are billboards, so to speak, advertising the gospel of Christ, our love for Jesus, pointing people to him. And we're going to try to focus on how we can better do that this year. One of the ways is taken from an Old Testament passage. You may not think, well, how does this tie in? Well, go to your Bible and let's turn back to Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. There's a passage here that we're probably all familiar with. It's the story of the Tower of Babel. We've probably heard this lesson from the time that we were children. And it contains some really valuable lessons uh, with application to the church and to the growth of this church. We want the church to grow. There's been a lot of prayers. There's been a lot of planning that has gone into the, the, the vision for 2012 and beyond. And uh, part of that is we want this church to grow. Uh, growth represents souls brought to Christ. But how do we do that? Well, I think from this lesson, there are three points that will help us to grow. As you look at the story, there were the people, they all had one language. They began to build this tower. And uh, they wanted to make a name for themselves. They did lest they scatter, be scattered. So they started this tower, and there was work involved. And God looked down and saw what they were doing. He said, I've got to stop this. This isn't what I want. Uh, there are a lot of reasons, as you might, uh, you know, that you might want to consider as to why that wasn't what God wanted. I do know this, that in the very first part of Genesis chapter 9, God left instruction to Noah and his sons after they got off the ark, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the reason for the building of this tower that is expressed is we don't want to scatter throughout all the earth. We want to stay right here. And so maybe that was part of it, uh, in addition to the pride that they apparently had. And so God goes down and, and he looks at them and he confuses their language so that nobody can communicate with each other anymore. And then they all scatter and do what God wanted done in the first place, the result. But I want you to see what God says in verse 6. As he looks at the people, he said, The Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. They all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. God saw what they were doing, and he said, you know what? Because they have these qualities, nothing can stop them. It took divine intervention to stop them from doing what they had proposed to do. So what were the qualities that they possessed 
that caused God to say, nothing can stop them now. And it took divine intervention to stop them. And what if we possess those same qualities, but we use those qualities for good? Would God say, now that they are these things, nothing can stop that church? And if we're doing it for the right reason, do you think God would leave heaven or intervene from heaven and and thwart our plans? No. He'd bless us. So I want to give you three things from this lesson that they possess that cause God to say nothing can stop them now. And the first one is this. They were united. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. The Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They were one. They were united. Listen, if we want this church to grow, we have to be united. The Bible speaks in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through well, one through six, of how we're to stay united. And he says, I want you to endeavor to maintain or to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I want you to give diligence to this task because unity is essential if we're going to grow. You've seen places that got to bickering, got to talking behind each other's back, You've seen places that broke up into factions over, you know, an elder's decision or somebody had something happen to them in the congregation and somebody else did something and so then you have to take sides in the congregation. Are you for this person or for this person that's engaged in this conflict? And so churches begin to pair up and side up and you've seen that happen. Nothing good comes from that. The cause of Christ is thwarted. Our energy is spent in fussing rather than proclaiming the message of God. John chapter 17, Jesus said, Listen, I want my disciples to be one as you are in me and I in you that the world might believe that you sent me. These people that began to build this tower were united. And God said that's one of the reasons why there's no way that they can be stopped. I'm going to have to stop them myself. There's tremendous, uh, there are tremendous things that we can accomplish if we work together. That's what I was talking about with our contribution. To say we need a thousand dollars more a month to uh, fulfill the the obligations that we've taken on for this next year. A thousand? I don't have a thousand dollars a month. I do have five, and if you have five, and you have five, and you have five. You know what? It doesn't take long till we we do that. Working together, we can accomplish great things. Doing it alone, we'll never get anything done. There has to be unity in the church. Jesus blesses, well, the, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are peace, for theirs is the kingdom of it. No, that's not what it says. Blessed are the peacemakers. You see, sometimes we can have peace just fall in our laps, but that doesn't reveal our character. What reveals our character is how we pursue peace. And do I say the things that will cause peace to exist and thrive and flourish, or do I say the things that gender strife and division and hard feelings? If we want the church to grow, we need to be united. Commit to that. Be a peacemaker. 
and receive the blessing of Jesus. That's one of the possessions that they had in the first, or in this story, the Tower of Babel. A second thing that they had and possessed, a quality, is that they communicated. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. They all had, they were all one and they all had one language. That implies communication. They understood each other. They could, uh, you know, uh, if somebody wanted something, they could communicate it. They, when we went down to Honduras last year, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting situation to be thrown into an environment where nobody speaks your language. Um, thankful for those that had, were able to translate. But if you were just stuck there by yourself, unable to communicate, well, that's a scary thing. And you can't get a whole lot done productively. Imagine me going to somebody's house and knocking on the door, and they don't speak English, and I don't speak Spanish. And so I try to have a Bible study with them, and I can't speak their language. I might be able to point to a Bible. Oh, yeah, a Bible. <laughs> you know, uh, I know what that is. And well, how are you going to do that? You have to have communication. Where communication exists, there can be growth that takes place. And churches that don't communicate are churches that are on the decline. Because lack of communication builds, breeds distrust. Why aren't they telling us? What are they trying to hide? What do they have to hide? Why don't I know where the money goes? Why don't I know where, you know, everybody starts becoming suspicious and so... You know, a church where the leadership communicates to the members, a church where the members communicate to the leaders, a church where the membership communicates with each, with each other, it's that that we need. We need to be united. We need to communicate with each other. And the third thing, quality, that they possess, that we need to possess, is they're willing to work. Do you see that? They were committed to the task. They weren't going to build this tower and say, all right, well, we're going to build this tower. Let's see. Joe, go down there to the local brickyard and get an order of bricks. It's not the way it works. This is going to be a job. Because look at what it says in chapter 11 of verse 3. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. They were going to have to do it all. That had to have been some kind of job. They don't have the convenience. It's a job to build anything today, but we had the convenience of ready-made supplies. They couldn't go to the store and have their ready-made supplies. They had to do it all. And in order to undertake a task like that, they had to be committed. When they built the walls or rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah says we accomplished this in 52 days because... The people had a mind to work. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you have a mind to accomplish it. If you're willing to sacrifice and work and get your hands dirty, there's a lot that can be accomplished. These people were committed. They were going to bake the bricks. They were going to make it. They were going to make their asphalt. They were going to do the labor. They are going to put this building up. And so at the end of the day, God looks down at these people who are doing what he doesn't want them to do. And he says, wow, look at them. They're united. They all speak the same language. And they're really committed. 
nothing's going to stop them. If they're to be stopped, I'm going to have to go down there and do something. And so, excuse me, that's why God intervened and confused their language and caused the, the disarray and people went their own ways. But now here's my point and here's the, the lesson. We have plans for the church. I think everybody here wants the church to grow, wants it to prosper. We want good to be done. We want to glorify God. That's the bottom line. That's the mission of the church, to bring glory to God through Christ in his church. How are we going to do that? There's so many things that can get in our way and distract us, so many bumps in the road, so many obstacles, so many, so many uh, stumbling blocks that Satan throws in there, and he sits back and loves it when he sees us trip over them. How can we successfully promote Jesus to this community this year? I know the answer to that. And if we'll do these three things and have these three characteristics in our lives, nothing can stop us. Well, God can. But why would God come down and intervene from heaven and stop us from doing something that is in harmony with his will? Oh, I see why he'd do it if it wasn't in harmony with his will. But why would he stop us if we possess those qualities and use them for good? Folks, I want to appeal to you that as we begin this new year, let's be united. Don't let there be any division among us. Become a peacemaker. If you have an issue with somebody, go to them, get that resolved, and and we're on a mission here. We have a job to do. We have to do it together or it won't get done. Let's be united. Let's talk. Let's communicate. Let's know where we are, what we're trying to accomplish. Let's Let's trust each other better because of the communication that we have. And then finally, let's just be willing to work. Don't say no when asked into service by Jesus Christ. If there's an opportunity for you to serve in the name of Jesus, don't say no. Isaiah the prophet said in in Isaiah chapter uh, 6, God asked the question, who will go for me? Who will I send? I have something I need done. Who am I going to get to do it for me? And Isaiah didn't look around and put his head down and say, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going. No, he said, here am I, send me. Let's have that willingness to serve and to be available to God in 2012. And I'm telling you, if we will be united and if we'll communicate and if we'll be dedicated to work, nothing that we propose to do will be withheld from our hands. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, but you want to become one, if you want to be a part of this church as we seek to bring glory to God in the body of Christ, we would love to have you to join us in this cause. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you haven't done that, why don't you make that decision this morning and begin to live uh, in his kingdom and receive his promises. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and you say, enough of the fence straddling, I, I want to dedicate myself more fully. I, I want to put the past behind me. It's a new year. It's a fresh start. I, I want to say I want to do better. And I want you to know I want to do better. If you'll come and let us know that, we'll pray with you to that end. 
if you'll stand, if you'll come as we stand together and sing.